Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Good morning, KSL News Time is 6 o'clock. This is Utah's Morning News. I'm Tim Hughes. And I'm Amanda Dixon. KSL's top story this hour. It is a developing story. The driver shot by Farmington police officers yesterday has died. At the same time, the department is dealing with a huge chunk of its workforce now on leave. KSL News Radio's Adam Small is live with the latest. Adam? Amanda, we're just learning this morning that the driver that Farmington officers pulled over, 25-year-old Chase Allen, died at the hospital following that shooting. While the investigation into the shooting continues, five officers are on leave. But for the small city of Farmington, that's 20% of their workforce. Even for a large department, that can have an impact. I mean, you have shifts to be able to, you know, be able to cover part-time shifts. You know, if you've got extra shifts, you know, because of, you know, covering for people. Um, you have to fill them. And, and I would say for a smaller department, that becomes even more difficult. That's former Unified Deputy Police Chief Chris Bertram. How things escalated in that shooting is still up in the air, but police are saying that shots were fired when they were trying to remove Allen, who they say wasn't complying, from the vehicle. Reporting live, Adam Small, KSL News Radio. A rash of attacks reported at the new Utah State Prison is leading to concerns about the facility. 23 attacks have happened at the new facility since it opened, according to public records obtained by KSL TV. These assaults range from inmates throwing objects to punching or attacking officers. Chad Banyan with the Utah Fraternal Order of Police says a severe staffing shortage is causing instability. If you've got an officer or agent who is just working a post, right, you're in an assignment, you don't know how that interaction with the inmate is going to go. You don't know what their behaviors are. So you might misinterpret something also. Today, a legislative committee will announce how much funding the Department of Corrections will get to help fix these problems. Kate Davis, KSL News Radio. KSL's top national stories this hour. The man behind an airport security scare in Pennsylvania is expected to appear before a judge today. He is accused of trying to check an explosive device on board and then leaving the airport. That suspect is due in court today, and authorities are trying to determine why he allegedly packed an explosive device inside his luggage and showed up to the airport. Sources say the device did contain flammable and explosive materials, but they say it was not operational and was not built to go off in flight. ABC's Morgan Norwood reporting. President Biden today is announcing his updated plan to deal with cybersecurity attacks on the nation. The president will push Congress to spend more on cybersecurity and help critical industries protect against outside attacks that could affect millions of Americans. Federal government already offers guidance and aid to companies before and after they've been threatened with a cyber attack. The president's security advisors will outline other measures today. ABC's Andy Field reporting. California's governor is declaring a state of emergency for 13 counties because there are a lot of people snowed in. In Southern California, emergency crews are scrambling to shuttle food and medicine to mountain communities east of L.A. Nearly 100 rescues have been reported in San Bernardino County. They say it could take more than a week to reach some areas. ABC's Andrea Fujii reporting. Seven passengers were taken to the hospital after severe turbulence on board a Lufthansa plane from Austin, Texas to Frankfurt, Germany. Passenger uh, Susan Zimmerman says items were tossed all over the cabin. It was kind of like you're in slow motion that you just see everything like like in a movie where you just see everything lift and then all of a sudden it just comes right back down. 
So if you're always wondering why they tell you to keep your seatbelt buckled, yeah, that's why. There's a good example. The flight was diverted to Dulles Airport just outside of Washington, D.C. First look traffic now, and here is Andy Farnsworth. We do have a crash now. It's on Redwood Road northbound. It's at the north. Uh, it's near North Temple, right? The I-80 overpass. Right now, it looks like you can't make the right turn from Redwood Road onto eastbound 80 to head towards Salt Lake. Uh, they're blocking the right lane, so you have to just go into the left lane, go over I-80 up to North Temple. Uh, at the point, at this point, uh, that is the only crash we've got. I'm Andy Farnsworth in the KSL Traffic Center. The Utah Division of Transportation has created an organization to oversee the safety of amusement rides here in the state. We get the details from KSL News Radio's Alessandra Harris. Starting April 1st, regulations of the Amusement Ride Safety Committee will go into full effect, with each ride requiring an annual inspection by a state-approved qualified inspector, one safety check a day, and insurance. As the only large-scale amusement park in Utah, Lagoon says they already have enough safety measures in place that this new committee won't really change their operations. Of course, a lot of this has to to do with the carnivals that come sweeping in and out of town and are set up on short notice. Uh, According to officials at Lagoon, each ride undergoes three to four safety checks a day and has insurance for each of its rides. They say the only only thing the park needs with its new committee is a state safety permit. A brand new facility in Park City is giving Team USA a dedicated place to train for alpine and freestyle skiing. This is an amazing breakthrough to have our own dedicated mountain for athlete training and competition. And this will be an Olympic venue. So I'm so excited with the opening. Salt Lake City, Utah Committee for the Games CEO Fraser Bullock tells KSL TV the Spencer Eccles Olympic Mountain Center is located on a 25-acre steep hill inside the Olympic Park. NASA and SpaceX successfully launched the Crew-6 mission overnight from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. And liftoff of Crew-6. Go Dragon, go Falcon. That never gets old. Uh, Their previous attempt was scrubbed on Monday to review a problem with the rocket's ignition fluid. NASA program manager for their commercial crew program, Stephen Stitch, confirms the astronauts on board are all in good shape and great spirits following the launch. Crew's doing great. It's great to see some smiling faces on orbit. We're really excited. We're taking it one step at a time. The four-person crew includes two uh, NASA astronauts, a United Arab Emirates astronaut, and a Russian cosmonaut. They are scheduled to reach the International Space Station early tomorrow morning. I wonder if we have a different reaction to these stories because of our age, Tim, because we remember, you know, going into a room where they pulled in a black and white TV and watched those first, <laughs> yeah. those first, you know, takeoff, liftoffs of missions to the moon. And that was so unbelievable and magical to us back in the 60s and, and 70s that... But kids who are born, you know, more recently, yeah. they grew up with this. Yeah. So I was born in 59. Yeah, I was born uh, in 63, 64. And, and uh, John Glenn, of course, went up in space, what was it, 61, yeah. 62, somewhere in there. So this was all new in our childhood. Right, right. And, and it was something that the entire world really stopped to take a, a notice of, but not so much today. Yeah. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.